I just have a quick announcement. I was completely insane to think that I could record, edit and produce one podcast a week and still live a normal life. So after these two special editions of VFFs, I'm going to change it to releasing VFFs once a fortnight. This will mean the quality will be higher and I will have some sort of life outside of my computer screen. I've got to get away, start again, find a brand new day. So much for me to find, but I've got to go outside. Hello, Van fans. Welcome to another episode of VFF's Van Life Podcast. How are you out there? Hope you're nice and cosy and snuggly warm wherever you are. It is the last week of 2020. Looking forward to 2021. That's all I'm going to say. (laughs) Right then. So this week, I thought I would read out some of your van life confessions. If you have a van life confession you'd like to send to me, or if you have any stories or pictures, anything at all. I really love to hear from you. So you can email vffspodcast at gmail.com or you can go to the Facebook page and send me a message there. Right then, so van life confessions. It might not be a surprise to you that most of them are disgusting and quite crude as well. So If you are easily offended, I would suggest you close your ears now. Van life confession number one. This person has written three different confessions and they've labelled them poo one, poo two and poo three, which is really helpful. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out poo number two today. I'm just going to read it as it's written. (laughs) Poo number two. Pulled over in lay-by, squatted by van, pulled down me trousers and done a massive poo. Pulled up me keks, not realising half the poo had landed in my keks and ended up halfway up my back. (laughs) What a delightful image! (laughs) So thank you very much uh, for poo number two. I will read number one and number three as well at some point. Okay, next confession... As I said, I'm just going to read it as it's written. (laughs) Okay, confession time. Scene set. Medium snow. I'd found a unique way to write my name in yellow in the snow. I told my friend about the snowfall and he leapt out naked to, in quotes, develop himself. He ruined my signature, but I never told him. Was I so wrong? (laughs) Wonderfully written wonderfully written um on a side note when i um replied to this person they added what i didn't say was it had taken nearly four years to perfect my signature in scotland i was confident that whenever i left a park up people would know someone special and artistic had been next to them like jean paul gautier i nailed it that evening and name removed ruined my work of art. Jean-Paul Gaultier is like a fashion guy, isn't he? (laughs) Hey, you know what? Maybe he's got a good signature. I don't know. Anyway, were you so wrong? No, I don't think you were. You were expressing yourself, literally. (laughs) If you're gonna jump out naked and roll around in the snow, you've got to take your chances. There might be some wee or some poo there. 
I don't think you did anything wrong and I think you should continue to perfect your signature. <laughs> okay, right. I the, the next one is just beautiful. I can't explain <laughs> how how good this is. It, it is kind of horrific at the same time though. Okay, um, <clears throat> okay, there was this one time, but admittedly, there's been quite a few times. I had my burner going, with some beef stew bubbling away. I kept on topping it up with more skip meat. Anyway, one night, all of a sudden, I need a shit really badly. It was too dark to go outside, and there was no way that I was going to make it to grab my shovel to dig a hole. So, I hate to say it, but I shat in my beef stew. <laughs> Is that not the best sentence in the history of the world? I hate to say it, but I shat in my beef. So there you have it. There's some beautiful van life confessions for this week. Again, as I said, if you have any confessions, please do email me at vffspodcast at gmail.com. If it's poo related, that's fine, but it would be nice to know um, any other stories that you might have. In fact, I did remember I had quite another really good um, van life poo confession myself. So this summer, obviously, it was an anxious time for obvious reasons. And I had developed... I suppose you could call it a health concern, which was that whenever I got really nervous or anxious, I would suddenly need the toilet. So when I bought my van, I I bought it sight unseen. So it was quite nerve wracking. And when the day came that they were going to deliver my van, me and my boyfriend walked down to the railway station where they were going to meet us. Now, on the way down, I was getting so nervous. I was, I still didn't know if this van even existed. So I was getting so nervous and so anxious. And all of a sudden, I really needed the toilet. Now, this was in lockdown. You know, there was no public toilets or anything like that. Oh my God, I was saying to Pavel, my boyfriend, I was like, what am I going to do? Oh my God, I, I literally, I, I'm, I need a shit. And we were walking down a, a, an alleyway and I was like, can I do it here? And it was like, no, this like people can see the alleyway it was getting to the point where I really it was going to come out we got down to the railway station and um, there was like a little grassy hill which was right off the road and I was like oh my god I'm just gonna have to go up there so I climbed up this hill pulled my trousers down and went to the toilet praying that a car wouldn't drive past and especially praying that my van wouldn't drive past with the driver <laughs> the first time we see each other I'm just squatted by the side of the road it was so embarrassing it was I was so ashamed luckily I happened to have some tissue in my pocket thank god uh but yeah I, I it was a humbling experience and luckily no one walked past and no one drove past which was so lucky because it was literally the one road to the railway station so yeah that was a narrow escape yeah so you know it's all about poo here on vffs that is what it's becoming to be honest <laughs> the amount of poo emails i'm getting at this point i'm just like do i just need to change this to like the shit cast or something <laughs> okay so i hope you enjoyed that anyway um I hope that you weren't eating or doing anything civilised while you listened to that. <laughs> so, 
this week's episode, it's been a month or so in the making and I'm so delighted that the time has come now to share this with you. I'm really proud of what I did and how far I've come because a a few months ago, the thought of even driving to Scotland, I just thought, no, I can't do it. It's not possible. So I just want to say... I hope that anyone listening to this will be able to take some sort of inspiration from it to take um, a longer journey, even if they feel scared to. So this is a mixture of audio diary and van life story time from a trip that I took at the end of October. I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, here is Destination Bulgaria. van fans i have an announcement to make so i'll go ahead and begin my little speech i started this podcast because i wanted to conquer my fear of traveling alone in a van by connecting with people that also had done similar things i knew that by talking to people about their travels i would learn some interesting new things about van life and about the world in general but what i didn't know is that drum roll It would lead me to begin a journey across Europe. I am going to attempt to drive 2,000 miles across France, Germany, Austria, Hungary and Romania to Bulgaria to buy a house. (laughs) But you weren't expecting that, were you? All I've ever wanted since I was young was some land with maybe a caravan or a hut to live on and honestly as I've got older and the years have gone by I've kind of given up on that dream. Living on land in the UK I have found is way out of my budget, ridiculously complicated and there's so much bureaucracy surrounding it. Anyone that listened to the VFFs episode with Jodie will remember that we spoke about her house in Bulgaria. The day before I spoke to Jodie, I'd been feeling like crap. I was sick and tired of sharing a house with four random, never do their dishes type of people. So after our conversation, I looked into things a bit more and I was amazed by how cheap these houses actually are. So I realised that I could probably afford a small house with a decent bit of land as well. I feel like this would give me the opportunity to live the life that I want to live and to develop my own life instead of paying some landlord's mortgage for the rest of time. So that's how I um, got to this point. I'm actually leaving tonight. I don't know how long it's going to take or if I will make it, but the point is I'm giving it a go and I'm going to chase that dream that I forgot about and that I thought could never happen for me. The longest I've ever driven before is Plymouth to London, which is about 250 miles. I was considering maybe flying to Bulgaria, but I think if I flew to Bulgaria, I would be kind of missing the whole point of this podcast. (laughs) I wanted to show people that you can do things that you thought you couldn't do, even if you're scared. So after Brexit, I won't be able to get the same rights as a resident of Bulgaria that I can get before Brexit. So I need to get there before Brexit, get my residency, and then I will have rights as a Bulgarian resident, the same as an EU citizen. So there you have it, guys. That's what I'm doing right now. Wish me luck. Plymouth, Devon, the evening before my trip. Ferryport, one mile from my house. Mood, regretful. 
the ship. Um, I'm just spraying all the surfaces with alcohol because honestly it doesn't look that clean in here. Oh god, what have I done? For des raisons de sécurité, l'accès au garage est strictement interdit durant la traversée. Aussi, nous vous recommandons de prendre avec vous tout ce dont vous pourriez avoir besoin. Merci de votre coopération. I am not happy with my decision right now to do this. France is going into lockdown tomorrow. <laughs> Right, we've set off. It looks like we're sailing right into a storm, basically, um, which is a great metaphor for this trip <laughs> because I'm just driving into a pandemic. So I suppose it's appropriate, really. Okay, it is half past 12 p.m. now. We're one hour away from France. I'm kind of ready to get in the van and start driving now. I can see France. How exciting! <laughs> it looks like a little bit brighter out there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we'll shortly be arriving in Rostov and we hope that you had a pleasant crossing. In order to respect physical distancing in the garage, we'll be calling on passengers to return to the vehicle based on the colour code displayed on the cabin key. Thank you. So I missed the call to my van, which was a bit embarrassing, but I'm here now. <laughs> so I'm just waiting for us to be let off the ferry. So I just turned my sat-nav on. It says acquiring satellites. I'd really love it if you could acquire some satellites. Here I go. Oh my God, here we go. Right hand side, right hand side, stay on the right hand side, right hand side, stay on the right hand side. Day one, mile 84, Hillion, France. Average speed, 40 miles an hour. Road, busy motorway. Oil leak, smelly. Engine, deafening. Mood, elated. Wow. Well, I got off the ferry and I drove, it felt like a million miles, but I've driven 84 miles. You might be able to hear the sea in the background. So basically I got stuck in a traffic jam. So I pulled off and I pulled into an industrial estate and there was another camper van there. So I thought, oh, brilliant. I'll just pull up next to that one. I'll just go to sleep. Anyway, about two minutes later, someone came out of the camper van and it was a security guard. And he was like, privé. And I was just like, okay. Like, I don't speak French. <laughs> and then um, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna close the window because there's a load of bugs around. There we go. Yeah, and he showed me somewhere to go which was 15 minutes away and it's like a beautiful park up right next to a beach. I did quite well on the roundabouts although I did kind of nearly cause an accident on the first time I needed to like take the third exit. I just didn't understand what lane I had to be in. I still don't to be honest so I think I'm gonna write it down and try and work it out, do some diagrams and things. <laughs> 
I drove on one long straight road for most of the time so that was just ideal because I didn't have to do anything. Yeah I'm, I'm feeling like super great. Day 2. Mile 90. Just outside Hillion, France. Average speed 45 miles an hour. Road dark, rainy, fast moving traffic beeping at me. Mood? Well, let's see. <laughs> I've just had to come off the motorway because one of my windscreen wipers just flew off. <laughs> it just flew off and the glass got scratched. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell it was. <laughs> and now I've only got one windscreen wiper. I just feel like I can't do this. <laughs> I'm just at the very beginning of my journey and I just feel like I can't do it. I thought I would leave early to miss the traffic, but it's actually really scary driving in the dark. <laughs> and now I've only got one windscreen wiper. Okay, I've calmed down a bit now. I was just feeling really scared anyway, and then that was just the last straw and I was just like oh my god I can't do this <laughs> but I'm just gonna make a cup of tea now and sort out my life oh oh my god how am I gonna like drive all the way to Bulgaria I haven't even driven a hundred miles yet <sighs> chamomile tea is gonna make it all better Okay, so I am ready to go. I've I've thank God for cable ties is all I will say. I've cable tied my remaining windscreen wiper on. I just freak out because I think like what if something else falls off, you know, that's more important. <laughs> oh, I've changed my route to avoid motorways because I've just freaked myself out a little bit. I've uh, changed my route to a rest stop about 44 miles away and it'll be a nice drive um, along less busy roads I, I'm hoping. Oh it's getting light now. I knew that the first few days were going to be difficult so it won't be this difficult eventually. In a way it's probably a good thing it came off because <laughs> it mean, meant I had to stop. Okay, so today I'm telling you guys about Fetcher Chocolates. Fetcher Chocolates is an independent female-owned business that sells luxury handmade vegan chocolate. I've been eating vegan chocolate for years and nothing comes close to Fetcher Chocolates. It tastes amazing and it looks beautiful. It really is the perfect gift for special occasions and something that everyone can enjoy. It's dairy, gluten and soy free, so great for allergy sufferers, but also for anyone. I mean, this chocolate is so good. You don't have to be vegan to enjoy it. There are classic flavors such as milk chocolate mousse and golden salted caramel, as well as these special Christmas flavors, gingerbread, milk chocolate orange and white chocolate candy cane. I loved the blackberry mousse bar with homemade bramble jelly and real blackberries. I'm definitely going to be getting that one again. It smelt incredible and it tasted so good. When I received my order, I was really impressed with the beautiful presentation. 
The colours are brown and black with a really classy gold logo and the packaging can all be recycled as paper, so no plastic in sight. Fetcher also plants trees to offset the packaging so it's an eco-friendly choice as well. When I want to buy a friend a beautiful, delicious gift, I just go to FetcherChocolates.com and I get them a gorgeous gift that they will love. Fetcher Chocolates are offering listeners of this podcast 10% off with promo code VFF. Enter promo code VFF at checkout to receive a 10% discount on your order. Yep, that's 10% off. So go on, go to FetcherChocolates.com and get that chocolate in your life. You will not regret it. I made it to my first rest stop. It's a woodland car park, there's nobody here. It's very relaxing. The drive here was beautiful and actually I wasn't going that much slower than I would have been going on the motorway to be honest. I've realized I need to slow down my plans a little bit to fit me. Um, and like how I am and how I am with driving and stuff like I thought I could do the journey in a week and now I'm realizing like I'll probably just get to Germany in a week the autumn colors are out in full I've seen some absolutely beautiful trees lots of countryside and lots of lovely houses and I've gone through lots of lovely little villages and it was just what I needed to relax Right then, so I was brave. I went back on the motorway, lasted about 10 minutes and came off again. (laughs) I looked at the map and there was a place called, I don't know how you pronounce it in French, but it was called Change, I'm guessing. So I went there and I found somewhere. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm sleeping here. The lockdown restrictions are not looking good. I might be stuck in France for four weeks. My navigation technique so far has been absolutely appalling. I thought I could just wing it. I've got a right headache from breathing in the diesel fumes that I spilt all over myself at the petrol station. I feel like I'm rocking. You know when you're really tired and you feel like you're rocking back and forth? All in all, I'm just feeling quite excited. I don't really know what's going to happen. I know that's that must sound like really selfish because, you know, I understand like this is a pandemic. It's quite a serious situation, but you kind of can't help but feel a little bit like you're on an adventure and it's kind of dangerous and you're like, oh, what's going to happen? Who knows? Yeah, I'm not going to be saying that tomorrow when I'm crying my eyes out because I can't leave France, but hey. I'm feeling a lot more like I'm living in the present now instead of just thinking like, oh my God, I've got to get to Bulgaria. That seems like a very long way away right now. Day three, mile 175, Change, France. Average speed, 40 miles an hour. Road, beautiful, straight, deserted. Windscreen wiper? Replaced by very kind and friendly young guy at a Renault dealership. Mood, caffeinated. Woo, okay, so it's day three. Um, I did sleep most of the night. Honestly, this morning I was ready to come home. I was like, right, when can I get the ferry back? And last night I actually posted a message on the full-time van life Facebook group just saying like what the kind of day I'd had and I thought oh I'll just see if anyone replied anyway I went on and so many people had replied like I just that really helped me 
the people were just like no come on you can do it like it's always going to be difficult but you'll have good days and keep going you can do it honestly I just burst into tears again and I I really am so grateful to those people because it makes me feel like I'm not alone and like people understand like what it's like I don't know I'm just gonna keep going I'm just gonna see how it goes mile 310 Lyle France average speed 30 miles an hour. Road, winding through villages and towns, slow. What a day. This is kind of hilarious. Basically, I've been driving all day. I had some really nice driving through beautiful scenery. I was driving for hours and hours today. Anyway, I've just looked at the map and I've only traveled 130 miles. <laughs> I don't want to work out what my average speed is. I did definitely get a sense of like, oh, I see why people do this. This can be addictive. I kind of felt really calm when I was driving along the road and it was kind of meditative actually. The roads are completely deserted, so I pretty much had the road to myself. Basically, every country is in lockdown now and I'm traveling. Wow. Great job, cat. Great job. There can't be many things more anxiety inducing than attempting to travel across Europe in a pandemic while every country is in lockdown. <laughs> if I can do this, I can do anything. I'm feeling a bit lonely and it's all a bit weird, obviously. It's like a ghost town everywhere I go, but it's kind of cool at the same time. It's like this is an opportunity to see something that is only going to happen hopefully like once in my lifetime. The only thing that's starting to bother me now is the lack of shower facilities. Um, I'm starting to feel a bit skanky now. I'm parked up in a little picnic area. If anyone asks me to move I'm just going to tell them that I can't move because I'm too tired and they can do what they want but I'm not moving. Day four. Mood exasperated. It's six in the morning. I've been awake since four, tossing and turning, just thinking like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm not making the speed that I want to make. It's probably going to take me 20 days to get to Bulgaria. Because it's going to take me such a long time to get there, that changes everything. I need to be back by a specific date and this timing really changes everything. Weighing everything up, I've come to the conclusion that I probably have to turn around. I'm gonna take some time today just to chill out and have a little think. You gotta do what you gotta do and it looks like I've gotta do this. Okay, so I'm just in the same spot I was in before. I've just been kind of taking my time because I'm feeling a bit emotional about turning around and what to do and struggling with the decision. So I thought I'd just have a little lay down in the back of my van. Anyway, some guy just came up to, uh, up to the van and opened the door. <laughs> and he said something and I didn't understand and I said to him like oh um you know sorry I don't speak French and then um he just said thank you and, and closed the door and went away <laughs> I was really polite to him and friendly and then after he'd gone I was like 
I should have been angry or like at least told him to like go away I can't believe I didn't do that like what the hell so anyway that tells me it's time to go (laughs) dear lord above I should have realized that as soon as that fucking guy opened the back of my van I should have just fucking left how do I put this guess who came back so he came back come up to my window and for some reason I decided to open the window and ask him what he wanted and he fucking looked in and he asked me a question I don't understand what he's saying so I tried to say that I don't understand he then puts his hand into my car and goes right for my tits and I grab his hand and push it away and then guess what this gentleman does this absolute superstar guess what he does he pulls out a condom out of his pocket and he looks at me like what do you think i'm sorry what disgusting absolutely disgusting so i just stayed calm and i just looked him right in the eye and i just said I said no and I was very polite because what the hell else can you do when you've got a psychopath on your hands. So I was very polite and very straightforward and I just said no thank you, no thank you. (laughs) Oh and his eyes, like I made direct eye contact with him and it was enough to make me puke honestly. I feel sick now actually, I feel sick. He then asked me why and then in English just said it doesn't matter why and then i just drew i just put up the the window calmly because i wasn't sure if he was going to try and grab me or what and then i just very calmly just got myself ready to go and i kind of i can't remember i don't think i waved him goodbye or anything i can't actually remember why am i so nice to people he opened the door to my van and and i was just like oh hi but that's what happens when these things happen you just react the way you react and there's nothing you can do and like I'm not going to beat him in a fight so I can't exactly try and kick him away or yell at him because that might make him angry and then something bad might have happened and now I feel sick and I cannot wait until a few hours have gone by and this is just a memory. Mile 540 BP garage on the A36 near Châteaunoir, France. Average speed, 50 miles an hour. Road, wonderful, empty, sunny. Mood, refreshed. Plot twist. I didn't turn around. Got in my car ready to go. I programmed my sat-nav in for Calais and I just physically couldn't do it. Like my body just wouldn't let me do it. I just thought of my house in Bulgaria and how this was my last chance. I thought, are you gonna throw that all away just because you might get turned away at the border without even trying? So I just thought, do you know what? You can do it. It ain't over till it's over. I decided to get on the motorway after my sat-nav just sent me down some absolutely ridiculous roads 
which were absolutely beautiful though. I was driving on windy roads in the French countryside and the sun was shining and it was so beautiful and there were no, no cars around, it was just me. And I just decided, look, if you ever want to get there, you're gonna have to get on that motorway. So I got on the motorway and it was fantastic. I managed to get the van up to like 50 miles an hour which is like personal best it was a gorgeous day it was boiling though there were hardly any vans or cars on the road so it was really 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 good driving and i managed to drive like quite a, a long way so i'm really really looking forward to tomorrow because it looks like tomorrow i will arrive in germany i don't know if they'll let me in i hope they do we'll just have to wait and see i've been slumming it wild camping in like dodgy places with like weirdos <laughs> ready to try and have sex with me when on the motorways i would say like every 20 kilometers or so there's a service station with drinking water toilets all that stuff so for the first time in five days i think it is now i had a proper head to toe big wash in the toilet and i just feel so good now after that I just feel so much better so tomorrow I'm going to spend the morning just like looking up German road rules and getting ready for the next part of my journey so for better or worse I'm continuing I'm staying in a service station tonight um, I've emptied my toilet I've filled up my water I've filled up my petrol I'm feeling fabby dabby dozy Thanks for listening to this special edition of VFF's Van Life Podcast. Tune in next week to hear the second part of my adventure. If you would like to appear on an episode of VFF's, you can write to me at vffspodcast at gmail.com. See you next week. I've got to